0: Our first guest is on the phone with us, Ken Singleton, former Baltimore Oriole. And, Ken, before we talk about other things uh, involving baseball, I wonder, do you know Bill Latson well from MLB.com? Uh, no. Yes,
1: I do. Yes, okay. I do. Yeah, we, yeah. we've we uh, corresponded a few times uh, the past couple of seasons. Yeah.
0: We're just putting the word out. Bill's been a longtime friend of Craig Heist since the uh, Expos moved to Washington. And I've gotten to know him through this show over the last couple of years. He's in need of a kidney transplant and he has okay. a very he has a very rare blood type which is making the um, the connection uh, and the search the search very difficult he's got o negative blood so we just wanted to put the word out there
1: for okay folks. all right all
0: right. Uh, no problem. We weren't asking uh, you I to we I weren't asking well. we weren't asking you to give up your kidney. <laughs> yeah.
1: hey. I don't think I'm O <clears> negative. I'm pretty sure I'm not.
0: All right. Hey, one of the things we plan to talk to Bill about is Bill covered the expos when before they moved to Washington, he covered them in Montreal,
2: and he was there with when Frank was the manager, and they turned the uh, you know MLB turned the you know the the, the whole franchise basically over to Frank, and right. they, when they were running it. So,
0: so we were going to ask. Uh, just thought of this a moment ago. You played in Montreal with the falling apart of the Tampa Stadium deal. Uh, you know, in that lease, a uh, trop uh, running out in about six years. What do you think is a more likely thing to happen that uh, the folks in Tampa, St. Pete, will somehow figure that stadium deal out, or that Montreal, uh, which is preparing uh, quite a package, I think, uh, and plans in in negotiating with MLB, or that maybe the Rays could be transplanted back to uh, a team in Montreal?
1: Yeah, that's, Definitely a possibility, but I think there, there's some issues uh, uh, that they have to deal with. Uh, uh, one thing they have an advantage over some of the other cities that are uh, would like to have a Major League Baseball team is that they already have a stadium uh, in existence. They already have one, right? although they would build a newer one mm-hmm. downtown uh, closer to uh, their fan base, uh, downtown Montreal as opposed to in the east end where Olympic Stadium stands now. But they, they do have a stadium where they could play. For a year or two while they're they're building a new one. I, I, it's very similar. Some of the things I see with the Rays I saw in Montreal, uh, I think we all saw in Montreal mm-hmm. before they moved. Uh, they had uh, plans for a new stadium. They fell through. Uh, the financing wasn't there. Uh, Major League Baseball eventually bought the team and then they, they, I remember they played some games in Puerto Rico for a yeah. while. Yeah, yeah. Before they went to DC. Uh, there, there are some, uh, other things here. Uh, that that are working, though. I I think Major League Baseball and the the owners would like to keep cities of Montreal and Portland and maybe San Antonio and some other cities that uh, I haven't mentioned right now. They would like to keep them open for expansion as opposed to moving a franchise. They'd rather see Oakland and the Rays get their acts together, get their stadium deals going, and then they can hold those other cities open for uh, two more teams. Yep. And of course, when those two more teams buy into the league, expansion fees will be just astronomical. I, I, I think they're like uh I heard a, a billion and a half dollars. Wow! Just to buy Man. into the league, and of course, all the other owners they split that money. Yeah. So that that's why they want to keep these cities open for expansion as opposed to moving a team, whether it be Tampa Bay or Oakland or anybody else for that matter, to these cities and just suck them up. So I I think they'd like to see the Rays get their act together. One thing that happened, and you mentioned it already, Stan, that their deal in Tampa—they're uh, supposed to—they had beautiful stadium. I don't know if you saw the artist rendition. Of yeah, it, I saw it, the, the renderings for the Ebor oh, City, the Ebor City Stadium. Yeah, Ebor City, but uh, unfortunately, that has fallen through. Uh, I think the people in Tampa wanted the Rays to raise themselves and put up more money, and the Rays wouldn't do it, and uh, so that fell through. So now they're back to St. Pete, where the lease runs out in 2027. And as you get closer, uh, there's less and less money to buy out the lease. It will cost you less to do so. Yeah. And maybe then uh, one of the, the Tampa Bay Rays would think about moving. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say that it happens, but if they would go to Montreal, uh, that would be perfect. I mean, they'd they'd be, uh, you know, the rivals of the Rays in the safe division. Right. There's a lot of Red Sox fans up in Montreal to begin with, even before they had uh, Major League Baseball years ago. Uh, the Yankees would be in the division and of course the Orioles would be too. So that, it'd be a, a stronger division, to, uh, as far as I'm sure the people in Montreal would get behind the team more so than they did, um, when the team left. Sure. And the reason why they left, Stan, you know, and Craig, you know, uh, in 94, the strike came. Yeah. The Expos were in first place. I think they had a six game lead on the Braves. Uh, they were obviously the best team in the uh, National League. The strike came, blew up the season. Montreal fans never came back after that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I know that well. So tell me what kind of city Montreal is. And
2: how, how much you think it would embrace the chance at Major League Baseball again? And can I, well, I can I piggyback on Stan's question? Just sure. uh, you know, answer that, but also what you said about right now, Olympic Stadium is in the east side of the town, and how important yeah. it is to have that stadium if there were to be a, a team go up there to have it in downtown Montreal.
1: Yeah, that I think that was the original mistake, or one of them that uh, uh, the city made. They built Olympic Stadium on the east side of town. Now, most of the fans, in uh, baseball fans in the Montreal area, were west of the city, not east of the city. Okay. So a lot of these fans would go into work downtown, but they didn't want to travel all the way out east and then have to travel through downtown all the way back out west again to their home. And that's one reason why they didn't go to the game. Uh, the majority of the, the fans were in the uh, western section of the city or... Or even the western suburbs. So that, that was a mistake as far as where the stadium was placed to begin with. Although they had the land open, they wanted to develop the eastern side of, of the city or east of the city. Uh, but as far as baseball was concerned, that worked for the Olympics, but it didn't work for baseball. And that's why they, they would uh, build a new stadium downtown. Hopefully, uh, you know, I've heard, I've heard that, uh, that they want an open air stadium. That would be a definite mistake. They They need a dome up there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The Expo's uh, Olympic Stadium was not a dome, correct? It
1: was, it
0: was yes, a, yes, yes, it, it was, was, but right. it,
1: was, it wasn't always functioning. That that was the problem. Okay, okay. I remember Yeah, uh, yeah. okay. Yeah, it, it remained open one year. I, uh, our good friend Ross Grindley was playing for, for the Expo, right. and I think he won 20 games one year. But the roof was open that year. They couldn't get the... Uh, contraption to work that covered the stadium. <laughs> I, I so can't, they had a lot of rain out.
2: I can't wait to see him when the season starts. You know, when you won 20, there was a reason for that. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> I, he remains the only 20-game winner in the history of the Expo. So, yeah, it's funny. that's uh, funny. Story. And they had some good pitchers like Steve Rogers, and but they didn't make it, only Ross did. But the thing about it, that particular year, that was the year we played the Pirates in the World Series, the Orioles. Right. And um, I think... The Expos had to play something like six or eight double headers in September, and that just blew up their chances. Yeah. I mean, you really were out of pitching staff, and uh, they they just couldn't contend. But the pitchers were worn out, and uh, that's why the Pirates. One of the reasons why the Pirates are able to beat them, besides the fact that the Pirates were a good team,
0: we're talking with Ken Singleton, former Baltimore Oriole, New York Yankees broadcaster, and Ken. I want to turn to uh, to the Yankees and their off season mm-hmm. to date, but I do want to ask you. You were one of the 15 or 18 participants that were at the uh, evening with the 1983 Baltimore Orioles. Did you have yeah. a good time seeing uh, as many people uh, as was, were there?
1: It, it was fantastic. Uh, we had a good turnout. I mean, 900 uh, players, strong. 900 strong. Really? At the Renaissance? That, that, yep. that was a very good turnout. Uh, a lot of the guys made it, some of them couldn't uh, for various reasons. Uh, you know, but it was good to see everybody. I hadn't seen John Shelby or his wife in a long time. But it was good to see T Bone. And of course all the guys that live around here that uh you know, I always hang out with Tippy Tippy Martinez had just gotten out of the hospital. It was good to see him. Um and Scott McGregor of course, uh, uh Richie Gower who had uh you know, almost passed away last yep. year. It was good to see him in good health. Um it it was just fantastic. I I, I really enjoyed it. It's always good uh, when you see the guys again. I mean, we're a lot older now. Uh, sometimes uh, there are guys who, you know, aren't around anymore. Unfortunately, they passed away, and uh, you know. But it brings back memories of uh, those days. And that that World Championship team, that, that, they'll never be able to take that memory away from me. That that was a fantastic year. Hey, Kenny, I
0: asked uh, – I was emceeing that with Scott Garceau, and mm-hmm. I asked Shelby – did a great
1: job, Stan. Thank great you very job.
0: much. Uh, it meant a lot to me to be asked to do that. Uh, it was my first year on the radio, really. But I asked T-Bone Shelby the question, and I didn't really know the answer. I just had a gut feeling that Al Bumbry always mentored him or appreciated uh-huh. him. And I asked him the question, what did Bumbry mean to you in the way he accepted you? And I got much more than I expected. He told the story in spring training where after one particular game or workout, Bumbrey called him over and said, I want to talk to you. And Shelby said, oh, my God, he wants to talk to me. And, <laughs> and he thought he was going to get a tongue lashing or a, hey, this is my job. You're not here. He, he said that Bumbrey said to him, you can help this team. You've just got to really use your gifts out on a baseball field because there's a lot you can do, and I'm behind you, um, Al Bumbry. What kind of leader was he on a baseball team, Kenny?
1: Oh, well, I, I think even before B got to uh, uh, into pro baseball, you got to remember he was a lieutenant in the army. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, in Vietnam, uh, he he, uh, he led people before. So, and and Al is. Uh, to me, he's kind of a no-nonsense guy. You you want to play baseball the right way around now. Mm-hmm. And uh, he will help you. And right now, he uh, he gives hitting lessons to kids. That's one of the things that he does. And uh, I, I think that doesn't surprise me. Uh, if, if you knew the guys on that team, Stan, I know you did. Craig, yep. you did too. It was all about winning games. Oh, I yeah. Mean, up to that point, uh, I think we, we had uh, the ten years I was at the Orioles, we had more wins than any other record. Uh, any other team in the regular season. We got to a couple of World Series. And, of course, we were still, in those days, we were still stung by the fact that we had uh, lost the World Series in 79 after being up uh, uh, three games and one. And, you know, some, something that you saw then that you probably wouldn't see now or you don't see very often, we had 15 of the same players on the team in 1983 that we had had in 79. Yeah,
0: that's pretty and remarkable. And that's
1: because yeah. we were able to come close every year and be a factor in the race. So there was no reason really to break up the team. Now, after 83, I think we all realized, you know, we were getting older and we better get this done, and we did. Uh, but shortly thereafter, a lot of guys were gone. Well, a lot. And, uh, I
2: know a lot of people who were with that team always have, have told myself and Stan that, you know, once we lost that last weekend of the Brewers in 82 on the final game oh. of the regular, after taking the first three games, including the doubleheader on Friday night – uh, they said that, you know, once that happened, whether Earl came back or not, they they knew it wasn't going to be a situation <laughs> where we were going to lose the World Series the next year. They knew they were going to get there, and they knew they were going to win it.
1: You know, that, that's a good point, and uh, I've told people this many times, that even after losing the World Series in 79, we lost in the seventh game, to me the most disappointing loss I'd ever been part of was that last day in 82. Because we didn't make it to the playoffs because of that. At least in 79, we were in the World Series. Yep. But uh, in 82, we didn't. I, I thought in 83, we had more hardships than we had in 82. I think we had more injuries. Uh, but it, it seemed to be something wasn't going to deter us, that we were going to put this over the top. And when Scotty puts that out in Philadelphia in the fifth game, uh, if you all remember the Phillies won the first game. We won the next four. And I still think, if I'm not mistaken, we are the last team uh, in 83 to win the World Series by sweeping in the imposing city. Right. I, I don't think that that hasn't happened since, and certainly it's not easy to do. Um, but we got it done, and uh, you know, that's an, another thing to add to that World Series championship that year. I know it was a long time ago, but nobody is able to uh, equal that feat since.
2: Well, one of the things that interleague play has allowed is to to kind of Dig up some old reunion type type weekends and things of that nature. And back in nine they wound up having the 30th anniversary uh, of of, Orioles of the Boys. Orioles. No, of the Orioles, Orioles Pirates. Pirates yeah. Right, and a lot of people were down in that auxiliary clubhouse singing. And you know, I said to Earl during the little media session there, I said to Earl, I said, you know, you were up three to one. You had Flanagan, Palmer, McGregor in that order. I said, did you ever think you'd lose that World Series? I said, and then number one, that's the first thing. Number two, did you ever think you'd go two for 28 with runners in scoring position from games five through seven? And Earl looked wow. up at me, and he goes, two for 28 or whatever. He said, ah, oh, gee, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh so you know, i I think Earl is the sorest loser i've ever known uh, <laughs> so, uh you know I can see where maybe he didn't know it was two for twenty eight but uh you know that I guess the pirates real pitching staff really got it got it going yeah. i just uh and plus, Willie Starger wouldn't let him lose. That was another thing too. I still remember uh, that
2: home run in the seventh game when he hit it off of Scott McGregor. Yeah. And he basically—I mean, it wasn't that bad a pitch, but he golfed the ball out of the stadium. Well,
1: you know, here's a guy who hit almost 500 home runs. Yeah. <laughs> he was
2: doing—he's
1: uh, in the Hall of Fame. You know what? I don't think people realize if you look at the film. Now I know it's—it's it's not HD or anything like that, and it was—you know—fairly dark out there. But I came close to catching that ball. And really? uh, I, yeah. I, I think it, it's right in front of the pirate bullpen beyond the, and uh, even guys nowadays on the pirates that I see every once in a while that were out in the bullpen, they said, people don't realize how close you came to catching that. Mm. And I, cause I gave it my best try. I got up on the fence, but I couldn't quite reach it was about a foot, maybe a foot and a half, maybe two feet out of my reach. And it it, it, went, it went over the fence for a
0: home run. Yeah, McGregor pitched an incredible game that night except for yeah. that home run. Yeah. And, of course, the Orioles had the early lead on a home run off the bat of Rich Dower. And then speaking of uh, golfing it, remember Eddie Murray, I think, was in the bottom of the seventh or eighth. I think it was the seventh off of Toccoli. Uh, yeah. Had one, and Dave Parker was able to keep it in the house uh, without yeah. even um, jumping for it. If,
1: if you remember correctly – you know, I batted in front of Eddie, and they walked me intentionally to get to Eddie, that's which right. I thought was—that's
0: right.
1: You know, either way, we're gonna—we we might yeah, get you. and Eddie hit a rope, and back then, Memorial Stadium, the Colts had played, I believe, and the field wasn't in particularly good shape. We had a lot of rain; it was cold. That was the—that was the best weather night of the World Series. I mean, the the opening game got snowed out. Yeah, yep. I remember that. I remember yeah, that. So we, um, uh, Parker slipped in his pursuit of the ball, almost fell down with the bases loaded. He regained his footing. Parker's a great player, great right fielder. Yep. And, and he was able to make the catch, but barely. And uh, that that was kind of our last hole. Um, you know, I had faith that Eddie was going to hit something hard. He did. Yeah, he did. And um, uh, I, I think to that point, he hadn't had a good World Series. He didn't have many hits. And I, I know I had 10 hits in the World Series, and I think that's why uh, – they walked me intentionally to get to him, which, you know, maybe, uh, you know, years from now or, you know, when I got grandkids now, I can tell them, you know, they walked me once to get to Eddie Murray in the World (laughs) Series. (laughs) You know, it's interesting, though, with
2: Eddie in that that World Series, everybody came out of it and, you know, that postseason, everybody saying, well, you know. Eddie Eddie didn't really come through in a clutch and things of that nature. But I'll tell you what, 83 really turned that all around. With the oh, yeah. Yeah, it system.
1: did. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, Well, if, if you say two for 28, he wasn't the only one. Yeah, through that's better. true. Yeah, but in, in 83, the last game, uh, you know, Scotty pitched a brilliant shutout. But, uh, you know, Eddie Murray became Eddie Murray. He wasn't having a particularly good World Series that series either. But uh, in that fifth game, he was Eddie Murray, and he hit the two home runs. And, uh, you know, Dempsey hit one too. And Dempsey, of course, was the MVP, but, uh, it was all over. I thought we were vindicated as a team after losing in 79. We got a second chance and we made the most of it. Uh, I, you know, I have lifelong memories with these, with my teammates. Um, just that will never go away. You know, and, it's, you know, the, the money's long been spent, but we all have the ring. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Kenny, a-
2: that, that home run that Eddie, the second
1: one that he hit. Uh,
2: went right off of his name on the scoreboard.
1: <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Uh, in those days, they didn't have the uh, you know the HD pictures of the players on the scoreboards like they have now. Uh, they had, like, uh, caricatures, yep. and, uh, and his name was right next to it, and uh, his statistics. And, um, of course, he had a great year that year. Cal won the MVP. Uh, you could have gone either way. Either one of them would have won, but... I, I think Eddie's relationship with the press didn't endear him to, to getting MVP votes, mm-hmm. uh, so he didn't win it. But uh, the fact is that he was he was the MVP that day, although Dempsey was for the series, uh, and rightly so. Rick, Rick had a great series. Uh, in fact, with... I, I don't know if you remember his quote. He said, 13 years in the big leagues, and I've never been hot until this week. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's
1: right. That and, and he one. picked the right week. Hey, so, Kenny, uh, Kenny, let me ask yeah. you
2: this. You're getting ready for another year with the Yankees uh, in the broadcast yeah. booth. I know it's going to be... Uh, kind of a limited schedule for you, but uh, a lot of talk uh-huh. about now Manny Machado. He's now, Ken
0: Singleton's finally a role player. Right, exactly. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> uh, By his own choice,
2: yeah. But yeah. Uh, Manny, Manny Machado, a couple of stories in the last uh, 24 hours, uh, saying that it's more than likely he's going to wind up a Yankee. What do you think of that?
1: Uh, well, there's a need for Manny uh, in New York uh, with Gregorio going to be out for at least half a year. Uh, I think, uh, Gregorius, to me, is one of the most underrated players in the league. You have a shortstop's going to hit 25-plus home runs. He plays a great shortstop. Um, the Yankees are going to miss his left-handed bat, in particular, Yankee Stadium. Uh, so there's a need for Manny to play shortstop. But I will say this. When Didi comes back, Didi's going to play short.
2: Yeah, and he's um, going to have to move to third, yeah.
1: Manny, Manny will move to third. Now, I don't know what that means for a young Miguel Andujar, who I thought should have been the, NBA, uh, the rookie, rookie of the year. year. I
0: agree with you. Yeah,
1: yeah uh, he played a lot more than Otani did. I know that. As far as marketing is concerned, Otani is a big, a big time. As far as marketing, you know, not only with the Angels, uh, but you know, and DuHars with the Yankees. Right? <laughs> uh, so I, I think in Japan, uh, he, he would have been. Uh, although he's big time in Japan, he's even bigger now that he won Rookie of the Year. And, of course, being a two-way player like he is, I can see that being a reason why they, they gave him the award, although I still think that Ann Duhard deserved it after, you know, all the year he had with the Yankees. And for some parts of the year, he carried the team, uh, particularly when Judge was out. So uh, I, I just think that uh, uh, it's going to be interesting. If Manny comes to the Yankees, uh, I, I think that uh, – I know that they had that 90-minute meeting in New York. The Yankees took him out to dinner. Uh, I know he has a great relationship with Alex Rodriguez, who, who is now an advisor to uh, uh, the, the owner of the team. So I, I think all of that plays into it. The Yankees certainly have the money. Uh, I don't even know if they're going to make the biggest offer. But uh, I, I think that uh, from Manny's standpoint, uh, joining the Yankees, Yankees always go for it. They always try and win. You know how that's gonna.
2: uh, You know how that's gonna play down here in Baltimore. (laughs) Yeah, I
1: know. You know what? The the Orioles open in New York this year. Yeah, that's right. And in the second week of the season, the Yankees come here. Yeah. So it it will be interesting to see if he's with the Yankees. See what kind of reception he gets back here in Baltimore. I'm not so. uh, I'm I'm pretty sure that you know when you play for the Yankees. Uh, the Yankee fans, you help them win, that's all they think about. Yeah, you know, Kenny, they they want to win. Kenny, before, and, uh, we,
0: before we let you go, uh, uh-huh. Andohar, what about simply if they do sign Machado? Because there's all these rumors that they'll then use Andohar to, to get a pitcher and all that. I'd hate to give up talent like Andohar. What about simply uh, starting to, in spring training, playing him some at first base?
1: You, you know, that, they've, I've heard that, Stan. Um uh, uh, they've had uh, Greg Bird the last couple of years. Has had a lot of injuries. Certainly didn't play to the point uh, when, when he was uh, when he was okay to play. He certainly didn't live up to his billing. Uh, a couple of years ago in spring training, he had eight home runs in spring training, had 22 hits and 17 of them for extra bases, and it looked like, man, the Yankees have a left-handed hitter. Yankee Stadium mm-hmm. plays pretty good defense. But uh, shortly thereafter, he was injured. He's had about three surgeries. And he just hasn't performed the way the Yankees would like, and lost his job to Luke Voigt at the end of the year. Yep. void Voigt, played very well. Yep. 10, ten, ten, eleven home runs within the space of two months. But I think he had two in a game down here at Camden Yards and beat the Orioles. Yes, he did. And one was in extra innings. So I, I, I think that uh, a Voigt's going to get if Voigt's going to get a chance to take the job, but the Yankees are really right-handed, and it, to me. And Duhar, you're right. I hate to give up on a young talent. They'd have to really think hard about if they're going to trade them, what they're going to get. It'd have to be a you know big time pitcher that could really help them. And uh, you know Sabathia, getting down there again. This is going to be his last year. Yep. And he he's the fifth starter. And um, if if he can have a decent year, it's if he can if he pitches like he did last year, I think the Yankees will be okay. All right, uh, they'll they'll be all right.
0: Kenny, will will. We appreciate your coming on. I'm going to try and grab you for a TV show one night before spring training starts. We'll see if we can make that happen, but
1: appreciate your time today. Guys, the season is rapidly coming upon us. I usually don't start thinking about baseball again until January 1st, and that's right around the corner. Or until we have have you on the show.
0: (laughs) Happy, Happy healthy New Year to you and your wife.
1: Thank you very much, Dan. Take care, guys.